I was thinking about those questions on that half sheet uh, paper. And um, I'm usually one of those people that needs to think about it a little bit longer. Um, sometimes you have those initial reactions, and then there's other questions that you reflect on it a little bit more, and you're like, oh man, what, what, what is a hope that I have for this year? Or what is something that I want to commit to this year? I hesitate to call any of those resolutions because we know how most resolutions go. Uh, they're usually put to the side by about this time of the year or even later this month. So we don't want to call them resolutions, uh, but it is good, a good time of year to be thinking about those types of things. Today I want to talk to those of you who feel like you are settling. Maybe at some point in your life, you were hopeful for a movement of God. Or you've been praying and asking God to bless you or heal you or help you in some way. Or you were motivated at one time. God, use me in a mighty way to make a difference in this world for Jesus' sake. And then life kept happening and that spiritual fire turned into some flickering and since you haven't seen God do something significant in a long time, you wonder if the consolation prizes are good enough. God, I want this, but it's not happening. You know how it is. And then a year goes by, and another year goes by. And instead of something great and mighty that you initially were hoping for, it might turn into God, just do something, anything. It's like wanting to drive a Rolls Royce, but then eventually you just settle for something that won't break down. That can get you to your job on time. That can get you to the grocery store. Some of us are living in spaces and places where the reality is not always matching our expectations. So today is for anyone who at some point in your life, you've altered your expectations of what God might do in you or we don't even like to think about lowered expectations because that sounds like failure. We use words like changed expectations, reassessed, or I'm just being a little more realistic. I know with certain goals, like weight goals in my case, I'm just being a little more realistic now than maybe I was in previous years. So there's one simple thought I'd like to hold on to today, and it's this. God can do anything from a single seed planted in faith. In fact, we have no idea what God can do from a single seed planted in faith. I want to talk this morning from about a couple in the Old Testament, in the Bible. And this couple had a dream for their life just like you or I might. They had an idea of how their life was going to play out, yet there was one thing that was a struggle for them. They were unable to have a child. So they thought about how are we going to pass on our legacy to the next generation? All that the Lord has blessed us with, how are we going to pass that on? And I'm sure that this couple did everything in their power to affect the outcome. 
Yet when nothing happened for a long, long time, you can imagine their feelings, the disappointment, the what is going on, Lord. And their expectations actually changed over time. A new reality settled in until suddenly one day God spoke to them and challenged them to take a massive step of faith in their life. If you have a Bible, you can open up to Genesis 12, and then we'll also look at Genesis 15, a few verses in that chapter as well. This is, of course, Abraham and Sarah, known before God gave them those names as Abram and Sarai. God says in Genesis 12, 2, he tells Abram, I will make you into a great nation. Now remember, when God says this to Abram, how old is he? He's in his 70s at this point. They've been waiting their entire life. All they really wanted was to have a child, an heir. And now they're in their 70s, and this is the promise that God gives him. 75 years old, imagine God saying that to you. Later on in that chapter, God actually says, I will give this land to your descendants. So Abram is thinking at this point, okay, God has promised that I'm supposed to become a great nation. And the place that he's sending us, this land is actually going to be given to our descendants. Well, the only, what's the problem? We have no descendants at this point. But they hear this word from God, and what was before maybe a hopeful thought now becomes a certain reality for them, because God said it is so. In one way, they have a simple belief in this moment, that if God speaks it, it will come to pass. You know that that's the same truth that exists today. That when God promises something, he's faithful to carry it out. Maybe not in the way that we expect. Maybe not in the time frame that we hope for. But God is faithful. And this is the news that Abraham and Sarah had waited for. And now God had promised them. And I'm sure they prepared just like any couple, maybe they prepared a little bit differently because they're in their 70s, but they're preparing for a child. They're probably wondering, how are we going to do our gender reveal? Who's going to film it? Is it going to go on biblical Instagram? Hopefully no one will get hurt. They're probably itching to share the good news with and then the first month comes to an end and nothing has happened. She's not pregnant. No big deal. Maybe God's just giving us an extra month to prepare. And then another month goes by. And then three, four, five, and six, and seven. And nothing. God makes them an amazing promise in Genesis 12. Now jump ahead a couple of chapters to Genesis 15, verse 1. And it starts out by saying this, some time later, some time later. Do you know how long some time later is? Well, we don't, yeah. It's like, it's like when you're asked to do something, you'll say, I'll get to it. 
We don't know what that time frame is like. We don't know exactly how long sometime later was, but the best guess is that at, at a minimum was probably at least 10 years. 120 months minimum of chronic disappointment, waiting every month for God to deliver on this promise. Let me read the full verse. Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, Do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and reward you, and it will all be great. But Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? In that day, that's how you passed on all that you had received. In essence, what good is everything that you've given to me, to our family, if we can't pass it on to anyone? A decade of unrealized expectations. Imagine the questions and the doubts and the fears they had. They're already considered a little on the end of the spectrum for having a child. I'll put it uh, that way. And then 10 years ago, maybe even longer. The doubts, the fears, things like, where are you, God? What are you doing? Why aren't you doing what I thought you said you were going to do? You know, when God promises something and it doesn't happen right away, we can have those same types of questions in our lives. Some of you have your own version of this story. You have a goal, a dream, a hope, something that maybe has seemed out there. You've even maybe sensed God speaking to you in a certain way. And then the months go by and the questions start to rise up in your mind. Where are you, God? Hear my prayer, O Lord. Did I hear you right, O Lord? Was that you or was that not you? God, did you forget about me? Are you even there? From Abraham's point of view, it looked like nothing was happening. The time was passing. God had made a promise, but there were no results at this point. But what was our primary thought today, though? God can do anything from a single seed that's why I'm using the word exponential over the next three weeks. When it comes to faith, when it comes to life, when it comes to the blessings of God, we tend to think addition. We tend to think simple math, linear progression, logical. We like a clear plan or a clear pathway. But you know as well as I do that that's not life. It's rarely that simple and straightforward. We tend to think of addition, like if door number one isn't working, then what's behind number two? And there's nothing inherently wrong with this. Sometimes our brains think in these ways. But while we think in terms of addition and progression, God thinks in multiplication. We think in limited ways, but God is unlimited. That's why I'm using that word exponential. In Matthew 13, Jesus said that a farmer went out to plant some seeds. I think I found a picture of, this is the painting, the sower, where the farmer planting some seeds. 
And some of that seed wasn't simply a one-to-one -one return on investment. In fact, Jesus said that some of the seed actually produced a return of 30 times. If you got a return on your investment of 30 times, would you be pretty pleased? Yeah. That would be considered amazing. But Jesus doesn't stop there. He says, actually, some of the seed encounters a 60 times return, and some of it even a 100 time return on investment. Can God do anything from a single seed planted in faith? You better believe Far more than we can ever imagine. I know that some of you have been praying and hoping, but it feels like nothing's happening. You want God to do something, you want movement, you want God to hear your prayer, the cry of your heart, maybe, maybe your God bring a miracle, God change something, God move in someone's heart that I've been praying for, God please provide in a new way, God help me in a new way, God what's going on, because I don't see any movement right now. I want to say that just because you can't see anything yet doesn't mean that God isn't hard at work preparing for it or preparing you for it. We don't actually see what's happening underneath or behind the scenes. Before we ever see the fruit, God is at work ensuring that the roots will make it happen. They must take root under the soil. I have a couple of them. My sister-in-law brought these to us from the Netherlands. They're, they're actual uh, tulip bulbs from the Netherlands. So I gotta get these in the ground quickly. I wanted to use them today and then they're going in the ground this week. In fact, one of them's already started to sprout a little bit. But you put these in the ground and it looks like nothing happens for a long time. Or like the bulb that, that I got from you a couple of months ago, and then I transplanted it into a bigger glass pot just so I could see what was actually happening underneath. And then while we were gone, it finally started to bloom the first time. And this is all from like three weeks. For like a month, nothing was happening in this seed that I planted in here. And then all of a sudden, the roots are eight inches long, and this is over a foot tall in just three weeks. If only our lives were that quick. If only the things that you have been praying for could be tangibly seen this quick. Some of you have been praying your entire life for something, and it has not yet come to pass. Do not give up. Continue at it. You see, we have a shared problem similar to what Abram had. It's a problem of vision and perspective. Sometimes we're stuck in a place where we're inside. Like Abram, he was inside of a tent, and he was trying to tell God what wasn't happening and that he couldn't see what was going on. I don't see any sun, at least I haven't seen one be born yet. And we can't see a way. We don't see God at work. And Abraham got frustrated and maybe tried to jump the gun a little bit. And so he tells God, well, I guess this is going to be the plan then. Since you haven't given me a son, 
I'm going to give everything I have received from you to one of my servants. That guy will be my heir. And what does God say whenever we try to jump the gun? He says, no. That's not it. Stop. With Abram, he does this. It says, then the Lord took Abram outside. See, he's complaining to God from the comfort of his tent inside, a tent or a place or a vision that was not very large at that time. And so God needs to do something different to get through to him. So he takes him outside. Get out here. Let me show you something. I think this is what God needs to do with us sometimes. He needs to shake us up. Yeah, I know. I feel that same way too. He needs to help enlarge our vision. Sometimes we have to have our eyes opened to be able to see what God sees. Sometimes we have to have our perspective changed. Sometimes we have to move beyond those unmet expectations to see a larger picture. For Abraham, while he was in that tent, he could not see what God was doing. So God communicates in a whole new way to get his attention again. Let me read the whole verse, Genesis 15, 5. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. This is just one of the pictures that I found from the, the newest telescope that's out there that's taking unbelievable. If you haven't gone online and seen some of the brand new pictures, of the cosmos that have been coming back, you need to do that. If you want to feel both amazed and small at the same time, take a look at some of those pictures coming out. That's how many descendants you will have. And I don't know exactly what Abraham did in that moment. Maybe he stood silent. Maybe he dropped to his knees. Maybe he was worshiping the Lord. Maybe he was saying, I'm sorry, God, for not believing you or trusting you in that moment. While Abraham saw basic addition, God saw multiplication, exponential. Abraham was wondering and worrying about a family heir. God was planning for a nation. All we do know for certain is that in verse 6 it says, Abram believed the Lord. All it took was moving into a new place, and looking up, and getting out of his pity party. He believed the Lord. And the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. He looked up in the sky and saw all those stars. A tangible sign of God's promise. Galatians 3.29 says, And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. So if you have been transformed by the grace of God, if you have met Christ's resurrection power and been forgiven, then who are you? 
You are an heir of that same promise. You are a child of Abraham, one of those stars that God was promising. Abraham was thinking about a son. He was thinking, one track, who am I going to pass on all my stuff to? Who's going to carry on the legacy? But God was planning for you. Thousands and thousands of years ago. We must never measure God's power by our limited vision or expectations. Because God can do anything. From one seed planted to more numerous than the stars all the way to today. That sounds exponential to me. One prayer can change a family. One prayer can change a generation. It can alter the trajectory of history. One gift given can change a life. You may not see it today. It may take weeks, months, and years for that seed to take root. It may be dormant for a while. But Galatians 6 says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. How do you reap a harvest? Well, first you have to plant some seed. You ain't going to reap nothing if you haven't planted anything. And what can God do from a single seed planted in faith? Far more than you can ever believe, think, or imagine. How much faith do you need? You might be thinking, well, I don't really have a whole lot of faith. Yeah, as small as the little seed that is right around my neck. As small as a mustard seed. If you want to take a closer look at this service, you can grab a bottle of mustard seeds. Jesus said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, this is in Matthew 17. If you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. Go to have faith like that. I'm sure that somebody needs to hear that today. Because God is going to ask something of you or open something up to you this year. Maybe something that you've waited for for a long time. Or something that has not been on your radar screen at all. Know that God is all powerful. God is always working. He is the God of salvation. He is the God of forgiveness. He is the God of breakthroughs. He is the God of miracles. And some of you need a taste of that in 2024. His promises are always true because he is faithful. We serve a God who can do abundantly and exceedingly more than we could ever hope for or dream or imagine. That certainly sounds exponential to me. Church, let's pray. God, I pray for this group of people this morning, that as we prepare to come to the table this morning, that you would give us a taste of your presence, that you would open us to what you are already at work doing in our lives and through us, both individually and as a church, 
that you would enlarge our faith this year. Help us to trust you more and more. Speak to us, O Lord. Inspire. Encourage. Build us up. Help us to believe that you want to do more in us and through us than we can possibly imagine right now. If you're here this morning and you are discouraged, I pray that just as Abraham and Sarah waited for over a decade, that you would have faith enough to wait for the Lord's time. Help us, O Lord, to put our full faith in you. Plant us. Water us. Tend us so that our very lives would bear much fruit in your timing and according to your will. Let us not grow weary in doing good. We pray this all in the strong and powerful name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. As we prepare to go, remember if you have Fill out your sheet and put it in the envelope. Put your name and your address on it. We'll go ask it over there. Drop those into you, and we'll make sure to get those back to you uh, at the end of December. Receive this blessing. This is the one I'm just This is the one for uh, comes from Matthew. It says, "Go before us with heavenly light, O Lord, always and everywhere, that we may perceive with clear sight." And revere with true affection the mystery in which you have willed us to participate. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Go now with God's blessing. Amen. Amen. Church, have a wonderful week.